Can't stick around for the rest of the show? You can always catch up by logging on our website at mpbonline.org or use the MPB Public Media app on your mobile device. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, July 2nd. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, Mississippi immigrant rights advocates are showing support for keeping families together. We'll hear from the front lines of the local rally taking place in a national movement. And Mississippians may notice some changes on the roads and in the courts starting this month. Find out why. Uh, the law stems from a wreck involving a uh, high patrol officer and his curse uh, down in Starville. Then, after everyday tech, find out where bacteria may be hiding as grill masters prepare to cook out this Independence Day. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Several Mississippi advocacy organizations are calling for an end to immigrant zero-tolerance policies. The American Civil Liberties Union, joined with families, volunteers, and advocates from the Mississippi Immigrant Rights Alliance, One Voice, and Organizing for America, among others, to rally in Jackson. The Freedom for Immigrants rally was held Saturday on the steps of the governor's mansion to protest President Donald Trump's zero tolerance policy of charging undocumented migrants as criminal defenders. After the separation of more than 2,000 migrant children from their families with no clear process for reuniting, President Trump last month signed an executive order reversing that practice. Aisha Carson is an advocacy coordinator with the ACLU of Mississippi. She tells MPB's Ashley Norwood they're showing support and pushing for change. This is a call for everybody from Mississippi to rally around and support immigrant families and also pressure the governor um, to make some changes in his immigration policies thus far. So a lot of people look at Mississippi and think we're not as diverse or this isn't a problem that will affect Mississippi per se, but why is it important that we have this rally here? Right, we do have immigrant families here in Jackson, not only in Jackson, but around the state. Um, and they're really scared right now, and they're scared because they're being separated from their families. Um, and we want to show our support for that community. Of course, we know as citizens how scary that can be, um, the threat of being separated from your children uh, as young as babies, two, three months old. So we want to rally and show our support not only just that, but also push for policy change as well. Governor Phil Bryan has previously pledged to continue to support Trump's policies. Still, advocates with the Families Belong Together movement are calling for a withdrawal of support by sending troops or using state resources. Charlotte Batchelor is a volunteer advocate. During the rally, she carried a sign with a personal message. MPB's Ashley Norwood spoke with her about it. Can you tell me what your sign says? It says that my father was an illegal immigrant, but no one's ever cared because I'm white. This isn't an immigrant problem. This is a racist and power problem. So why is it important that you're here today? Because I want to make sure that families of illegal immigrants know that we stand behind them. And I want to make sure that our governor, who has agreed with Trump's policies and stands behind him 100%, understands that ripping children from their parents is not Christian in any manner, and he claims to be a Christian. When you say your father was an immigrant and nobody cared because he's white, for people who may not understand it, break that down. My father was an illegal immigrant from Canada. He was deported two times. 
when I was born, he was still an illegal immigrant, but I was born to an American mother, so I'm a U.S. citizen. He did get his green card, and he's illegal now. He is now married to a Mexican woman who was also an illegal immigrant. Now she is a U.S. citizen. They've done nothing but contribute to our country, and I wouldn't be here without them. So I want to stand up for my family and others to say that we're not illegal, and we all have a right to be here, and we all have value. Alvin Barnes is a student at Tougaloo College. He tells our Ashley Norwood to him the rally is a sign of further action. They came out to stand by immigrants, to stand by families, and say that we're here with you and that we support you. What disappoints you the most about what you've seen happening? The most disappointing thing would have to be seeing the videos or listening to the audio that comes out of the family detention shelters where the kids are separated from their parents, they're calling out for their uh, parents. That's the most saddening thing about this whole uh, situation. What do you hope to happen in the future? I hope that um, uh, we continue actions like this uh, at the ballot box. Everyone shows up to vote for people who put in policies that are there to protect families and that are fair for everybody and that have uh, a moral compass. Some people say rallying like this doesn't make a difference. Do you believe that? I believe that rallying like this is just the start of anything. It's the uh, everyone comes together, we get energized, and then we leave here and we continue the action. This is just the focal point. This is the... uh, the visual. Tougaloo student Alvin Barnes with MPB's Ashley Norwood. Governor Bryant was not available for comment. To see our news team's updates throughout each day, follow MPB News on Twitter. Coming up, Mississippians may notice some changes on the roads and the courts after July 1st. Find out why. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. MPBonline.org is the destination for everything Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Catch up on past shows from Think Radio, check out MPB TV or Music Radio, and become a sustaining member all from one place. Get connected now at MPBonline.org. On the next Deep South Dining, it's all about the 4th of July and the foods that make this holiday great. We want to hear from you about the recipes and foods that make your 4th of July cookout truly independent. Also, our friend Patrick Bradley from Nothing But Smoke will share some barbecue tips, and you never know what Deborah will bring from her kitchen. So tune in to the next Deep South Dining today at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio and online at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The Kalen Kirsch Act is one of several new laws on the books to reduce accidents and improve safety on Mississippi roadways. MPB's Desiree Frazier reports on changes Mississippians made notice on the roads and in the courts starting this month. A new law called the Kalen Kirsch Act requires operators of emergency vehicles to use their emergency lights when traveling at more than 30 miles per hour over the speed limit. Last year, Kirsch, a track athlete, died in a tragic wreck in Starkville two days after graduation. The car she was riding in was hit by a Mississippi Highway Patrol officer driving at a high rate of speed without the emergency lights activated. Oxford Police Department Captain Hilden Sessoms. Well, we've already sent out the law to all of our officers. Uh, we do kind of a legal update every year. When all these new laws start to get passed, uh, blue lights will be activated. Also now on the books is a law that prohibits driving in the farthest left lane when there are two more lanes going in the same direction. The goal is to improve traffic flow. 
The exceptions are when passing another vehicle or when the right lanes are closed due to construction. People can drive in the farthest left lane when it doesn't slow down traffic. Drivers could face a fine of five to fifty dollars. For those who can't afford to pay traffic tickets and other fines, a new law prevents them from being put in jail. Democratic State Representative Kabir Kareem of Columbus advocated for the law earlier this year. It gets rid of debtors' prison and、uh, it won't suspend drivers' license. And there's a lot of things in that bill that will help people. Kareem says the court has to determine a person's ability to pay. A judge may allow additional time to pay fines, approve making payments, or revoke the fines altogether. The person may also perform community service at the state minimum wage rate. Desiree Frazier. MPB News. Coming up after everyday tech, find out where bacteria may be hiding as grillmasters prepare to cook out this Independence Day. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson, and today we're discussing traveling technology. So, guys, with the traveling season upon us, many families will be taken to the road. Let's talk about some ways to make the trip safer and more enjoyable. Well, you know, this is an area that technology really can shine. Technology, it's meant to be portable nowadays. Everything we're doing is portable, so. You know, one of the first things that I'm thinking about whenever I'm taking to the road is, do I have enough battery power? So, I'm making sure I have those charger cables and everything because your technology is useless if the batteries run out. But what's really great also is we've always got a GPS right there in our hands.、Uh, so when we start talking about being safer, to make sure you can get from point A to point B and all those places in between, especially in areas you may not know that well. The GPS can really help you to make sure you get where you want to go. So the first thing that I do when I travel is actually make sure that I have a lock code on my phone, and、uh, I have a Galaxy which allows me to put like a custom message on there. So if I'm traveling with somebody, I'll put that person's number on there. That way, if my device gets lost, it knows how to find its way home. Hey, great idea. Well, what about the Do Not Disturb mode on your phone? Do you turn that on when you're on a long trip? I do, and the reason for that is because. Honestly, I, I want what the feature adds, which is not to be disturbed while I'm trying to drive and concentrate on the road. Now, there are a couple of caveats to that. For one, if your phone is linked via Bluetooth to another set of speakers, so if it's linked to your car to where a phone call can come through there, even in the Do Not Disturb mode, it will still ring through to your car. So if you're using that. But what it really is muting is a lot of those alerts and your Facebook pop-ups and app notifications and text messages, so they will not disturb you or cause you to look at your phone while you're driving. If someone did need to urgently contact you, however, they get a message back that says, "If this is urgent, reply with the word urgent, and it will go through." So it can override it in case of an emergency. Another really nice thing is is for your passengers in the car if they have that feature turned on. So if my wife's sitting over there. As co-pilot, she can actually turn her "Do Not Disturb" off to where she can still get all of her notifications. It's just mostly affecting the driver. And、uh, a feature of that "Do Not Disturb" mode、uh, allows you to let certain contacts ring through. So if you wanted to know when your wife called you or your mom or whatever, you could just set them as one of your preferred contacts that would come through. So, guys, what are some essential tech tools every family should have 
on a road trip. So in addition to your uh, jumper cables and your tire gauge, which you should definitely already have, um, you should have some sort of uh, tire inflator and also a jump starter, which can be like a portable battery that you can use to jump your car off without having to have another vehicle to do it. And a lot of those jump starters actually have a car charger included with them. So you can, if, as long as your car is already running, you can charge it while you're on the road. You can also use uh, offline maps on your phone. You can download the map before you visit your location. That way, if you don't have a connection to the Internet, you'll still be able to navigate your way around. Well, as a parent, I truly understand the importance of keeping your children entertained throughout a trip. So how can technology play a part in making that happen? So you want to make sure before you leave home that you get all your books and your audio books downloaded. And also uh, your Netflix app supports offline downloading so you can download uh, episodes of your favorite show that you can take with you. Uh, you've also got your portable gaming options like your Nintendo Switch or your tablets, um, which will also uh, allow you uh, quite a versatile gaming library right there in the palm of your hand. And then, of course, you want to make sure that you got your music queued up as well. Well, and you have movies um, also offline. A lot of folks now have cars with DVD players or, or portable DVD players that are out there. And with some of the power options that are available, you can actually run a lot of of those devices fairly easily in a vehicle that will allow you to defeat the are we there yet monster. So, Michelle, whether you're going across town for groceries or you're going across the country for that next big family gathering, technology can really help make the trip more enjoyable a lot safer, and a whole lot more entertaining. And you want to make sure that you remember that traveling is an experience. So be a part of that. Be, be in the moment with your family at times. Make sure to unplug and enjoy the journey. We will talk more about traveling technology on Everyday Tech, the show that comes on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. You can send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. For Wilts Contreras and Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. Whether you're a thrifty shopper or someone who likes to buy the whole store, Change is the program that will allow your purchases to show your support for the quality content on MPB Radio. This easy and no-hassle program rounds up your credit or debit card purchases to the nearest dollar and sends us the difference. You support MPB and get something nice for yourself. To sign up for Change, visit our website, mpbonline.org, and click support. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Food safety specialists are urging Mississippians to avoid the high risks of food poisoning throughout the summer months. USDA experts say habits like hand washing, food thermometer use, and taking precautions against cross-contamination are key to staying safe. Narav Shah with the USDA tells us a thorough hand washing is recommended by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Well, believe it or not, 97% of the people, unfortunately, do not wash their hands completely and thoroughly. And by thoroughly, I mean like definitely wetting your hands, uh, leathering with soap, uh, scrubbing for about 20 seconds, rinsing it, and always using a clean towel. Um, so those are simple steps recommended by CDC to follow those steps. And those are critical. I mean, if you don't have your hands clean, if you have thoroughly washed your hands, you're kind of contaminating everything else in the kitchen, like your spice containers, your refrigerator handles, and in our case, the study for salads was contaminated by 5%. So always make sure that your hands are super clean. 
20 seconds seems like a really long time. Um, it does seem a long time, but it kind of saves someone from getting a foodborne illness. But if you sing a happy birthday song twice, um, I kind of like, I've done your due diligence to having a clean hand. Happy birthday twice. All right. That's a good way to do it. Now, when you say they can get a foodborne illness, any way to know how often not using those proper steps could result in a foodborne illness? Is it a direct result? One in six people, unfortunately, do get foodborne illness, resulting in about roughly 120,000 hospitalization and 3,000 deaths. So it's definitely a public health concern. And you can definitely avoid getting foodborne illness by following the four simple steps, which is clean, separate, cook, and chill. When should you wash your hands? Obviously, after you use the restroom. But when you're preparing food, do you need to wash your hands in between each kind of food you're preparing? Yes, yes, definitely. Always make sure before you touch any food, before you put something in your mouth, your hands are clean, especially when you touch raw meats. You want to make sure after handling raw, before and after handling raw meats, your hands are clean because you, you do not want to cross-contaminate your spice containers, for example, or anything else you're preparing for your guests. So always make sure your hands are always super clean. Why are contaminating spice containers of concern? Because um, from our research study, about 48% of the time, spice containers while preparing burgers were contaminated. Because, for example, you're touching raw meat, then you, you're using spice containers to spice up the burgers. Um, you're touching the same hands, basically. The hands are not clean. So you want to make sure that that's clean at that point in time. Like, let's say, for example, if we're done preparing a meal, you're putting spices on your burgers again, that can cross-contaminate other parts in the meat as well. All right, spice containers, you also mentioned the refrigerator handle. Are those the two most prevalent types of cross-contamination? Exactly. 11% of the time, the bacteria spread from the refrigerator handles, 48% from spice containers, and 5% of what we found was from salad. Because a lot of cross-contamination uh, takes place on that time. Is there a way to clean those containers, salt and pepper, oregano, whatever you might have, uh, that would be an effective way to clean them? You can always clean your uh, your cookware and utensils, cutting, but especially with hot, soapy water. Um, you can always use one tablespoon of unscented liquid bleach to one gallon of water uh, to uh, kill off all the bacteria. I mean, for example, for salmonella and uh, campy this day, if you don't have them clean, obviously, for 4 to 32 hours. So you always want to make sure you clean, properly clean your kitchen utensils and countertops. Is that how long the life of bacteria is, 32 hours? Yeah, 4 to 32 hours. Yes, that's a lifespan from the bacteria. All right, let's move on to outdoors. Since everybody's going to be outside for the holiday and, and cooking and bringing cold items and sitting them out in the sun. So give us some tips about what's safe and what's not to eat. When you're outside, I mean, you're definitely from your kitchen comfort. Uh, you always want to make sure you have a Lysol, your hand sanitizers with you, moist towels with you to keep your hands clean. And if you're outside, you can't keep leftovers out more than two hours. Uh, we call that a danger zone. And if it's above 90 degrees, you can keep them out more than one hour. So always keep that in mind. Anything left out more than either one hour or two hours should be thrown away because bacteria love to grow between 40 to 140 degrees. When you're cooking meat, I know that various meats require different temperatures to be safe. How do people mm -hmm. find out what those temperatures would be? 
when cooking for hamburg especially always make sure you have a food thermometer that's the only way you know you've killed up the bacteria from the food color and doneness unfortunately are not really good indicators for when the food is safe to eat if you cook your for example your whole meat at 165 degrees that's when you know you killed up the bacteria for beef pork veal and lamb it's 145 degrees with 3 minute rest time uh, 145 for fish as well for ground meat is about 160 like uh, beef pork Uh, and so on and egg dishes is about 160 but always use a food thermometer that's important step you can follow any final tips for us yeah we're here to help any consumers any point in time uh we're open monday to friday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. eastern time the number to reach us is 1-888-674-6854 we have specialists in english and spanish to answer those questions and if it's a weekend you can also find more information on www.foodsafety.gov Narav Shah is a USDA food safety expert. Narav, thank you very much for the good information. Well, thanks for having us and I'm wishing everyone a happy and safe 4th of July. Hear this conversation again whenever you want by subscribing to our podcast. Just search for Mississippi Edition in your favorite podcasting app. In other news, Mississippi is one of the nation's most patriotic states. That's according to personal finance website Wallet Hub. We spoke with analyst Joe Gonzalez as people around the state continue with celebrations of the nation's independence. She tells us how researchers arrived at their findings. Well, we looked at both military and civic engagement. So, everything from veterans per state to active duty military personnel, military enlistees. We also looked at civic engagement in terms of how many people voted in the last election in the last primaries, even in the most mundane as jury duty participation but also volunteer rate and see if people were in AmeriCorps, Peace Corps, etc. A red state or a blue state is one more likely to be patriotic than another? Exactly. Uh well, we saw that when we did divide the state party lines, red states won out a little bit. Their average rank was 23rd, blue states more like 28th. So just a slight bump. Tell us about Mississippi. We are 20th on the list of most patriotic states. How were we ranked in terms of the different indicators? In terms of the different indicators, did a little bit better in terms of military engagement, a lot of military enlistees, uh, active duty personnel, etc. But when it comes to civic engagement, we saw one of the lowest voter turnouts in the country. Is there a link between socioeconomic class and level of patriotism? I don't think so. You know, when we look at the most patriotic states, we see everything from Virginia to Alaska to Idaho. So, no real sense of socioeconomic class here. And some of the least patriotic are California, New York, you know, some of the richest states in the country. What about age for states that have an older population like Arizona or Florida? Does that affect whether a state is more patriotic? there might be maybe more veterans but we're seeing millennials really express their patriotism in different ways now it's not necessarily just going along with whatever your country's doing at the time it's pointing out where it can improve as well Joe Gonzalez is an analyst with Wallet Hub Joe thank you so much anytime We want to hear from you. Let us know what you think about a story or send us a news tip by visiting MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10 o'clock, it's Now You're Talking. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. 
Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. next Mississippi Roads, it's foods of a different kind. We hike through the woods with a forester who forges. It's the Hot Tamale Festival in Greenville, a twist on an old favorite, and a farm in Collins for people, peanuts, and pumpkins. I'm Walt Crazy. Join me on the next Mississippi Roads. Thursday at 7 on MPB Television.